0: How, how's that? We get a new kids pastor and we honor our veterans. Today, you know what? Every one of us, every one, every person is valuable. And, do you know, we have a great harvest field in this world and here. And what an opportunity for us to partner together, to be Jesus' hands and feet. And so this morning, I just, I'm so excited that I get to be here and I get to preach. I get to, to talk to you about my favorite topic, and that is Jesus. He's the one. He is, he is the reason why we can live and move. And so if you would just pray one more time with me, Jesus, we invite you here. Oh God, each one of us, we've, we've worshipped, we've celebrated. And God, Right now, we just continue to have our hearts open to what it is that you, Lord, want to speak to us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, this morning, um, I want to take you on a bit of a, of a journey. And I just want to tell you, first of all, that last week I got to go to Florida. I got to go to a a, a retreat that Gary and I have gone to for 20 years, and uh, they invited me to come back. And while there, I was walking through a parking lot, which obviously is not uncommon, but what was uncommon is that there were some magnolia trees there in bloom. Now, if you've never known anything about magnolia trees, they don't bloom other than in the spring spring. I um, have a lot of memories being in Washington, D.C., in Virginia, getting to see some different magnolia trees. But these were in bloom. And the fragrance of those flowers was fantastic. Now, I was already mulling this sermon over in my head. The Lord, when, when Pastor Ben asked me to speak, he, he, he said, Joni, why don't you speak? And I'm like, fragrance. Fragrance, that's what that's what I'm supposed to preach on. So the fragrance of these magnolia trees, I'm like, wow, okay, how does how this play in? But God, you know, he, he brings fragrances. And as I've been preparing this, everything, it's like my nose went into overdrive this whole week. The smells of everything were just intensified. It was like the Lord was saying, you know what? Pay attention because I have something, I have something I want to give to my children. And so this morning, we are going to talk about the fragrance, the fragrance of God. And a question for you is, what is your aroma? What is your aroma? Did you know that when we are born, our, our olfactory, our smelling senses are already fully developed? Already fully developed because can smell our mom. Yeah, as we develop, as we continue to grow and as we continue to learn um, that our, our, our noses pick up different smells. We, we know something other than just our mom or other than milk, we, we can identify chili and we can identify a smell of something. We can identify good and bad. Um, many of our childhood memories are connected to smell. Maybe it's grandma's house. Grandma's house smells very different than your own house. And uh, maybe it's the smell of a barn. Or maybe it's the smell of a place at vacation. Maybe it's a, a different thing. And so, all of these things, we smell bacon. We smell coffee in the morning. How many like the smell of coffee in the morning? That's, that's a great smell. Bacon, blueberry muffins, turkey at Thanksgiving. It's coming up, right? We have Thanksgiving coming up. And all of a sudden, all the smells, perhaps you're into this, um, this whole chai tea craze or maybe the uh, pumpkin spice whole thing that is all about this. We have many different smells, but I want to pose to you this morning that you have a smell as well. So what is your smell? What is your aroma? You're like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Why, why do I have an aroma? I know maybe I took a shower this morning, yes, but do you know that you have an aroma every time you walk into the room? You have an aroma. And I'd like to talk to you about that. Um, would you, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to uh, 2 Corinthians two, fourteen through 16? That's our main scripture today. And this passage has been one that I have, I have considered for quite a long time. It's something that I actually have a picture in my house that has part of the scripture on it. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2:14 through 16 says this. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. To who is equal? Such a task. Well, What does this mean? You know, it's interesting. A little context for this. Now, again, back to Thanksgiving for a minute, because, you know, we have this whole Thanksgiving coming up in a couple weeks, maybe a week and a half. Um, We have... Thanksgiving parades, right? With the Macy's Day Parade, there's a lot of people that like to watch us. Perhaps you wait until the Rose Bowl parade or some of the other ones. Um, we have parades in our in our life, and just like the Macy's Day Parade, there were parades in the in the Bible. But these weren't to show off who was the best float or who had the best band. In Rome, their parades had a different purpose. After a war a victorious army would come marching into their hometown. They would come in. The generals would be first. Then the victorious soldiers. And there would be the captives right at the end. Now, while this parade is being done, there's music, there's marching, there's all this stuff, but there's also incense being burned throughout this whole time. The incense was the smell a victory for them. Obviously, for the ones at the end, the captives, they were kind of, they were kind of in, that, in a place where like, hmm, this doesn't smell so good for us. But in that, it's the victory and the victorious one. Um, the smell of incense is permeating the air. Those watching the parade could see the soldiers and the captives, smell the victory. Um, and do you know that once <laughs> you and I, we were those captives? And Jesus is our victorious general. Now, he brought us in from the enemy's army, brought us into his place. And not only did he take us as captives, but he has freed us. Um, Ephesians 5.2 says, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to us. So Jesus, he paid the price so that we don't any longer have to be captive. You don't have to be a captive to sin. You know, sometimes we, we live and we're like, I can't break out of this. I can't stop doing this. I can't, I can't, be, I can't be victorious. And I tell you and I pose you today that Jesus already paid the price for you to be free. Now, I don't know about you, but that is encouraging to me, that Jesus paid the price for my freedom, for your freedom as captives. Um, and we, it says in the scripture verse that we read before in 2 Corinthians, it says that we can spread everywhere, or maybe in vernacular now, diffuse. Everywhere, the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. And that's the life-giving message of the gospel. We can diffuse everywhere the life-giving message of the gospel. Now when you're in school, when you're in college, when you are in the workplace, when you are in your home, you can diffuse the knowledge of what Jesus has done for you in your life. I love that. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about um, making my life as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is our spiritual act of worship. You know, when we take and we make ourselves that sacrifice to Jesus, he says, all right, it's a sacrifice. It's a fragrant offering to him. It's a fragrant offering to him, and that is pleasing to God. Our spiritual Act of worship, which we did this morning. Thank you, Laura, so much for leading us into worship. Because what did we do? We said, Lord, I surrender. I want to know you more. We make our lives a sacrifice, a sacrifice to our Lord. And he says, I am pleased by that. I am pleased by that. Um, I, I believe that a huge part of being the aroma of Christ wherever we go is dying to ourselves. Now you go. That's kind of a weird say, way of saying that dying to myself. But do you know that we are born with sinful natures, and that those sinful natures are very selfish? What is the first word a kid learns? No, right? No. And our sinful natures want us to say they want we want to say no all the time. But God, He says, you know what? Let's let's kind of reverse that. Let's make that. St- his agenda, and his agenda says that it is kind of backwards. We have an upside-down kingdom. It's pretty cool. I had, this. We, I had some help making this upside-down kingdom here because God's kingdom is upside-down. It's illogical. It's not saying no to the things that are hard. It's saying yes. It's, um, it's doing things opposite. Jesus says things like, if you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. If you want to be first, you need to be last. If you want to be last, he puts the last first, right? He, he, does, he says, come and be in my presence. And our natural response is to do, right? He says, come, all your labor, and I will give you rest. And we're like, this doesn't, this, this like is, is contrary to our natural person. Our natural responses are to be more important, more all pulled together. But do you know that God loves it when we come to him in our brokenness? If you are broken today, you are in the perfect place because God takes our brokenness and he makes something so much more beautiful. So I'm thankful that I don't have to be all pulled together to come and be with with God's people. And in my brokenness, he says, I got you. I got you. I got something even more beautiful because you have come to me in your brokenness. So he values humility and he values kindness. He values generosity and grace instead of pride and harshness and greed and blame. In Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14, I love these verses. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against anyone wait let me let me repeat that again bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against one another forgive as the lord has forgiven you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity compassion kindness humility gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. Oh, and in the next verse after this, it talks about living in peace with all people and being thankful. These are some verses a person can live by because you know what? It's not natural. It's not natural to be humble, to be compassionate, to be generous, to give your stuff away, to forgive even when the person doesn't doesn't deserve it. It talks about, uh, in this, uh, it talks about our human responses. Now, your your human response, you know, the way that we want a response is obviously what Jesus is saying. You know what? Let's change that up. And Colossians here where Paul is saying, let's change it up. Let's change it up. But there are some people that aren't going to understand this. They're going to say, you're weak. You've gone weak on us. You've gone all soft. Because what does the world encourage? It encourages people to be hard and like run people over and do that. But Jesus, Jesus calls us to be weak. These aren't character flaws. They're not weaknesses. But they are us reflecting our Jesus through our brokenness, through all the things that we were like, okay, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're doing this. But in our humility, we let him show through. As God's chosen people, we have to be different. We have to be different. <laughs> and I've, I've looked at all of you. I, I, you know I'm looking over here and I've talked to so many of you. And you show the character of Christ. You are different. You love people who don't love you. You're patient with those who aren't patient with you. You are humble and kind and generous because that's what God has called us to. Do we have it all pulled together? No, but do we do stuff for his glory? Yes. You know, a couple months ago in September, we had the share giveaway. We had the share giveaway because we like to love God and love people and share Christ. And it, it took a full team. Everybody donating stuff. Everybody giving stuff. Everybody organizing stuff. Everybody giving away stuff. And you know what? Our community was blessed. But the comments that we often hear are, Why are you doing this? Why why, why, why aren't you taking any donations? Where can I give my donation? No, no, no. No donation. Why? Because... When the Lord is generous to us, we can give generously to others. I see Aline over there. She's shaking her head. Uh, it was fun. We got to go and we got to deliver a, a, a chair and a couch and some things to her. And she was so blessed. And she's been able to tell her neighbors and say, Look what, look what, look what God has provided for me. Not because I've earned it or deserved it, but because His grace is so big. Um, Every time the people who walk in here and in there, they go, why? Because Jesus gave everything to us. Why would we not give it back to him? Um, and we're not just trying to just be good people. You know, if we can be good people by donating to, the, to, I don't know, Habitat for Humanity. Not that that's a bad place, it's a good place. But you know what, good Jesus calls us to be his people, holy and beloved, changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of his grace and his sacrifice on the cross, everything that we have is a gift because we want to be more like him. A world without hope needs the hope that is Jesus. And this verse that, that I'm quoting, Romans 15, 13, is a verse that the Lord gave me back in February, um, you know, hope is a little hard to come by sometimes. And Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that being hopeful is, is pretty powerful? Peaceful. Hopeful, joyful, compassionate, kind, humble, forgiving. When you meet somebody that has those characteristics, it's not natural. But you know that we don't have to do it all in our own strength because Jesus, Jesus helps us. He strengthens us. He encourages us. He gives us hope when hope isn't isn't the most easy to come by. Hmm. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We spread the fragrance of Christ and what he has done in our lives when we have the hope, peace, and joy, when we're kind and compassionate when we forgive, when we give generously, when we consider, uh, consider others above ourselves, we're, when we're humble instead of proud, because remember that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When we surrender to God's plan, even though it seems illogical. Next week, we're gonna be learning a new song. I'm gonna introduce a song. That's a, it's, it's a song called Firm Foundation. And I just want to give you a few of the words because it's, it's so powerful. Um, I, still got cho- I, I still have joy and chaos. I have peace that makes no sense. But I won't be going under. I'm not held but my own strength. But I have built my life on Jesus, the rock on which I stand. He's faithful in every season, so why would he fail now? He won't. And you know, our Jesus, our Jesus gives us a firm foundation to stand on. He gives us that rock. And you know, I'm excited to sing this song and proclaim this truth because it preaches a message that is that backwards and upside down. The way that the world views things, it's not, it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't make sense when someone hurts you and you pray for God to bless them. It doesn't make sense when people treat you with hatred, but you treat them with kindness. It doesn't make sense when things go in a way you didn't see coming and you lose someone you love. It doesn't make sense to trust in God's plan and to seek his will. But remember our original scripture in 2 Corinthians two, twelve to 14. Let me read it again. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we're the smell of death, to the other, the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? I find that last that last sentence really challenging. Who is equal to that task? In ourselves? are we equal to that task? No. But if you're a follower of Christ, we should be progressing towards that to be more like him. We may feel like we have a long way to go to be compassionate and humble and gentle and patient and hopeful and peaceful. But I feel like today God is challenging us to take that first step of faith. You know, when we're, when we're thinking about all these things, it can get overwhelming, right? We think of the whole list. But I want you to think of one. What's the one that the Holy Spirit is really kind of moving in your heart right now. Maybe you aren't living too hopefully. Maybe you're not living humbly or generous. And today, I just want you to kind of keep that in your mind and say, Lord, I need you in this area of my life. I need you to work in that part of me. He wants us to ask him for help. And you say, I don't know where to start. I'm too far gone. I'm not a good person. I'm not even a little bit of a good person. Or maybe I'm a little bit of a good person, but that's going to take a lot bigger stretch than where I'm at. But the very just the first step is, one, to make sure that Jesus is in your heart, and he's your Lord, and he's your Savior. Do you know that today, if you've never even really heard anything like this before, that you can have a relationship with the God who created you, with the God who loves you, the God who knows you, from the very moment that you're conceived? the sacrificial offering that pleased God made a way for us to have the aroma of Christ, for us to be reflective of him. We no longer have permission when we have the aroma of Christ to have a smelly attitude. (laughs) You don't get to be stinky and smell good at the same time. All right? So if there's something in there that is not that is not of him, then we need to make sure that we take that out. God is calling us today to live differently, to love differently, to serve others without strings attached so that the world will smell the beautiful, sweet fragrance of Christ. Will you do it perfectly? No. Can I do it perfectly? No. Because we're made out of flesh and blood and we're human. Will Jesus help us every day to live more like him? Absolutely. Would the worship team come on up, please? And would the rest of you stand to your feet? I want to talk to those who maybe haven't made that initial decision to serve Jesus. In a room this size, there are gonna be somebody, there's gonna be somebody who maybe hasn't given their heart to Jesus or hasn't hasn't made that decision to to start a relationship. But do you know that the one who made you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, loves you so much? He loves you so much. And so if you haven't done that, I would like you everybody to close your eyes. And if that is you, if you're like, I, I don't know what this is all about, but if Jesus has paid the price already so that I don't have to live in stinky attitude, if Jesus has already paid the price so that I don't have to live in my sin and be a captive, I want it. I want to change it right now. So if that's you, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, maybe you did a long time ago. Just raise your hand right now. Look up at me. Thank you. Is there anybody else you would like to start a relationship with Jesus? I'm just gonna wait one more minute. Hmm. Well, I'd like us all to pray together. We're gonna pray out loud. And you can you can just say after me. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I know you paid the price on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you said that you take them away and that you want to be my God. God. I give you my sin, I give you my yuck, and I thank you that you give me your grace. Make me part of your family. I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe for our first time in the long time welcome to the family of God but there's one more one more group I want to challenge and that is everyone (laughs) because we all have something we need to work on maybe it's an attitude maybe like yeah smelling myself right now and I don't like how it smells I'm going to give you a minute to think about this and pray about this because I'm going to have these guys lead this I Surrender song again that they led and we're going to say Lord I want to know you I surrender my stinky attitudes I surrender the things that are maybe taking me out and I don't know how to do this but God by the strength of your Holy Spirit you will help me this week as I surrender guys take it away from- my soul,
1: drenched my soul as mercy and grace.
0: Jesus we surrender to you Lord we surrender to you Jesus all of those attitudes all of the stinkiness and Lord we want to take on the fragrance the aroma of Christ not because we are so special but because we want to reflect you our God our King our when we walk in a room, Lord, we don't want it people to cringe or to smell. To, but we want your aroma, Lord, your compassion, your humility, your, your goodness to come in with us. Help us this week, God, these next weeks, to be the aroma of Christ to a dying world. this in the precious and the sweet and the awesome and the powerful and the mighty and the forgiving